Hey ladies, welcome to the Yas and Amen podcast, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Yas and Amen podcast. I am super excited for today's episode because it is really an important one that applies to all believers. And so this is an episode that really um, can be sent to someone who is a new believer, also to someone who is a mature believer, really across the board, theology matters across the board to all of us. Um, and today we're going to get to talk to Felicia Masonheimer, which is a friend of mine. We actually met about two years ago in the middle of the pandemic. I reached out to her to be a speaker for my Sow the Seed Summit, which is the virtual version of Sower Summit, which I'm having in New York City this summer in person. And uh, yeah, I reached out to her. She agreed. She recorded a sermon for it. And just we stayed connected after that. We started. She started following me on Instagram. I went to her retreat, uh, writer's retreat last year and the year before that. And she invited me to speak at her conference. And so we've stayed connected in many ways. So it's really great that we have gotten to be able to grow in friendship, but also she has taught me so much about theology, which is just so funny. I think about, it's not that funny, but before 2020 or before I met her, I really just didn't really think about theology or even thought of the word or what that meant. And I actually work for churches, for two churches, but that word just was not a thing. Um, And so I'm really excited and grateful for this conversation. So let me tell you about her bio and then we'll get started to the conversation. So Felicia is the founder of Every Woman a Theologian, which is also the name of the book of her book that's coming out this month, Go Pre-Order It, an online ministry teaching Christians how to know what they believe live it boldly and communicate it graciously she's an author blogger and host of the chart topping podcast verity with felicia Meisenheimer. felicia and her husband josh live in petoskey michigan with their three children adeline geneva and ivan okay well welcome felicia so glad to have you here thank you for having me i'm excited to talk to you virtually i would love in person better but this i know yes well praise god for this i mean i feel like none of us even thought of this before the pandemic. So um, I know some of us are over it, but I think, um, yeah, it's really important. And I'm excited for the conversation we're going to have today. I already introduced you and I talked actually a little bit in the introduction about how we met and how we've gotten to know each other um, and really how actually before, probably before you and then before 2020, I had really never heard the word theology. Um, maybe kind of like in certain contexts, uh, but not in a way that like held for me to think about it or consider it. And and I mean, if people know me, like I'm a researcher, I'm a reader, like I want to know all the things all the time. Um, and before 2020, I worked for two churches and I still had not word heard the word theology, which I think is kind of insane, but we'll get to that another time. Um but now I think I see it everywhere. And I actually love that, you know, some things that are trendy um, are not great. <laughs> but the fact that the word theology is just showing up in so many places, whether it's people talking about it, writing about it, um, living it out, um, I'm just actually gets me very excited. And I'm very um, grateful that it is showing up in this way. Uh, but I think also trendy th- things and trendy um, movements can get so overwhelming that we actually forget the definition. <laughs> like we we need to yeah. we 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 forget to like what actually is this very like fancy word all Christians are using now. Um, so what would you say in, like your words? What actually is theology? So like you're describing, I think a lot of people hear theology and and they feel very intimidated. I don't know how you felt when you first heard it, but a lot of people feel like that's that's intimidating. That's like for seminarians or for pastors or people in full-time ministry, but really every single person 
Christian or non-Christian has a theology because it's simply your view of God and the, and the world. It's your way or framework of understanding God. Now, the question is whether that framework for understanding God is actually biblical or not. And so for Christians, theology is more than just facts about God. It's actually the study of his nature and the study of his heart. So it's not supposed to just be intellectual. It's supposed to be intimate and personal for Christians. And so for us, it's so important that we look at our theology and ask, is this actually true about what God said about himself? Or am I adopting ideas from my culture or from an unhealthy church or from my parents without checking them against the word? Mm, that is so good. And I love that because it's theology. There are different theologies, right? For example, there is Muslim theology, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is progressive theology. So the word theology is not exclusive to Christians who are sound Christian. Like it's just a word um, that then describes, right? What it actually um, is to live out. So, you know, because people will say like, there's bad theology, there's this theology. And so um, I think sometimes people also even say, what is my theology? Um, and I think I, after learning what theology was, that's when I started, I guess, hearing people say like, um, what is your theology on this? Which I guess in, in many ways, what I learned is that what is your perspective or what is your approach um, to this? So why do you feel, wh what would you say are like people, what is it to have a theology? Mm -hmm. And how did like people actually get to live out that theology? So I think it's a little bit tough because our culture and Christians, as they've adapted to our culture, has they've become so... Um, so relativistic that we end up with this salad bar Christianity, right? Where it's like, well, I'm going to have this theology of salvation and I'm going to have this theology on women in the church. Then I'm going to pick and choose which ologies I want <laughs> and make this like custom blend. And that's why it's so important that we have a biblical theology on the core doctrines of the faith. So there is a center of Christianity that's non-negotiable and that theology needs to be cemented in the word of God as historically taught and interpreted across the whole church. So you're always going to have these extreme little factions that go off on a craziness, <laughs> but um, the core doctrines will have remained largely the same and those we want to center on and we want to make sure we're getting our theology of you know, who Christ is, his humanity and his deity, the nature of God, the nature of sin, um, what happened in salvation. We want to get those from sources that are trustworthy and sound. But then we may have ologies, like someone may say, what's your theology of justice? You talk about this a lot. There are going to be different perspectives on how justice should be worked out based on that biblical ethic. And there's a little room for disagreement there. You know, someone can be a Christian and disagree on different things within that topic. Now there's consequences for that, obviously, but we're not saying, oh, this person definitely isn't a Christian because they have a slightly different theology on justice or maybe a slightly different theology on uh, gender roles. So there are certain ologies that are salvific related to salvation, and there are certain ologies that are the outworking of that salvation. They all matter. They're all important. Justice is important. It's essential. It's a, it's a part of God's nature. Um, 
but people will be walking that out differently depending on their state of life, their maturity of their walk, what culture they grow up in and their understanding. And they have to continually be bringing those things back to the word. Mm, I think that's so important because, um, you know, I think we could all just assume and know that like, oh, if we all had the same theology, things would be nice and we would all be peaceful and, you know, it would just be lovely. But that's not the case. And I think sometimes that's okay, right? Because it creates opportunity to disagree with honor and, um, you know, respect and dignity with one another. Uh, we're just not always all going to agree. But there are things kind of like you were saying, um, which are salvific, which I think kind of relates to the things that you've talked about when it comes to like tears. I, I always forget um what you call it but I think when you taught when you taught me that I was like dang that's crazy that's it that's that's the thing and I think it's such a essential and I, I'll give you some time to talk about it but it's such an essential tool to learn when we need to chill <laughs> and when we actually um get to like fight for what and not fight like in a crazy way but like fight in an honorable way for like what God stands for and what God is communicating and then there's just times where it's just like okay we disagree you know, I don't think we're necessarily need to like go hard because no one's going to hell for this. So it's like, let's relax kind of thing. Um, but I think it's like, um, is it theological tears, something like that, that you yeah, called it? Yep. The, I call them the tears of doctrine mm -hmm. and there's a variety of different takes on them, like different ways of, um, outlining them, but they all kind of have the same general structure, which is that top tier first tier is your core doctrines of the faith. And then your second tier is how do I walk this out? So we know baptism is essential. No question there. Right. But how do we baptize? Do we baptize infants? Do we baptize believers? Does baptism save? Does it not like, can you be saved without baptism? You know, so different perspectives on that are going to appear in different Christian churches and you can all be a Christian and hold to a slightly different view. Now we may strongly disagree on how someone comes to that conclusion and our disagreement will probably make us go to a different church, right? We're not going to, if you don't believe in infant baptism, you're probably not going to go to a church that baptizes infants, right? And that's okay. But we have to be careful saying like, well, their theology of baptism is very different from mine. And so they're absolutely off base. And I have, you know, they're not believers at all. We have to be very careful with that. So we want to make sure those core doctrines are where we go lovingly hey, this is wrong. This is a serious walking away from the gospel. Um, and we want to be willing to stand up against that. But then we also want to have gracious discussion around those other things, like you're saying. Yeah, I think that's so important. I think probably before a few years ago, I was that person. I was like, if you're baptizing babies, you're wrong. Like you're just completely wrong and you're not a Christian. Like just so, so confident in my wrongness, right? Um, and then really like really learning and growing to understand, like, well, okay, the people that are doing that, they actually do have some sort of biblical interpretation that could could make sense to that, right? And it's like also not like not harming anyone, it's not heresy and some like another extreme, um, for people who know like how Mormons baptize people, like that is that is an outside of orthodoxy and biblical <laughs> accuracy of understanding right. Um, baptism, right? But like, 
there is um I actually talked to um Dr. Joel um Mudamaya. He always like laughs how I say his last name because I say like <laughs> I speak Spanish. Um, but we talked about that in a conversation I had with him about like how there is actually um scripture that talks about baby baptism. And I actually just when I was thinking about that back in the day, I never took the time to find that scripture. So I think we're so adamant about our own theology that sometimes we also have to be willing to read about what other people believe and why they believe it um, out of honor and respect for them, but also just to learn different perspectives. Because I was so sure that there was nothing in the Bible to con- to confirm that someone could uh, even consider baptizing babies, right? And then he found a scripture and he gave it to me. And I was like, you know what, you're, br- you're right, brother. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's so much of humility that is needed, right? In, in discourse around um, theology, uh, while also kind of confidence in knowing what we know and what we believe, which is so much of what you teach um, and what you share and I love you know I mean today's your day in the life um, and uh, kind of like how you share on social media and I really appreciate it because you need to talk about this is like everyday theology right like you're living out theology in your everyday I think people think about it like you said in like bigger kind of like bigger terms and it does matter in bigger spaces when we talk about overarching topics like justice and other things but also theology shows up in our everyday life so can you share more about like what that actually means to you and showing up in the everyday life with theology yeah I think we have more theological conversations than we realize. So many conversations that seem so average and normal are actually very theological from, you know, a a question your coworker might ask you, you know, you're a believer, they're not. And they might be like, so like, what's it mean to be a Christian? You like follow a bunch of rules. That's a theological question, you know, Um, or you know, someone you're dating and someone asks you like, well, why don't you guys just live together before you're married? That's a theological question. Um, You have kids and you're talking to your kids about their emotions and their feelings. This is a stage we're in right now because we've got three small kids. Um, Talking to them about how they can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who will help them choose the way to honor other people. So that's a theology both of um, justice, if you want, and also a theology of the Holy Spirit and walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And so this conversation feels so normal and weird and, you know, just on an average Thursday, but in reality, you're teaching someone how to understand God in this tiny little snippet. It's also what we preach to ourselves. You know, I, I struggle at times with anxiety, um, being overwhelmed, but like with the noise from having so many children and just feeling super angry. (laughs) And so in that moment, I then have to return to what's my theology on self-control, the Holy Spirit. How is he going to help me in this moment? How do I understand God's provision of himself? How do I understand God's omniscience? The fact that he knows everything about me in this moment. He knows what I'm struggling with. He knows the future that I'm so worried about. So all of those theologies of God's character, of how the Holy Spirit works, all of that directly impacts my actual life in that moment. And I think we, we want all of God, all of his power. We want him to do stuff for us, but we don't want to get our minds straightened out about him first. And until we get our minds right about God and what he said he does and who he said he is, we can't expect things to change practically. 
Sheesh. Amen. That blessed me so much um, right now. And just thinking about, I was just thinking, as you were talking, thinking about things that I am like anxious about or, and like how, what I would normally do in thinking about that is just like, like pray, which I think we should do. But also that thought you said about kind of just like, well, what is my theology on self-control? And what is like my, what is also my theology of Sabbath? Like maybe I'm anxious because I haven't rested, right? Like, so like, yes, do go to these like spiritual practices that we do as Christians, whether it's fasting or praying, whatever it is, but also it's like, wh- like ask questions <laughs> in your everyday life of what's actually going on and how much of those questions um, relate to theology. Uh, and, you know, I, I think, which is uh, apologetics, it's not a, a word that a lot of people know either i think it'll probably become trendy soon and, and it's a little bit trendy now but um i think it's so much associated to like apologetics but in a way that apologetics is like a little bit more casual in the sense of like knowing your theology and that apologetics too kind of like theology will show up in your everyday life because the question yeah. you ask like someone a coworker asking or different people just like you know sharing different thoughts on the faith especially now people are much more expressive <laughs> I think now than they ever have been before, um, especially around the Christian faith, because it's kind of, at least in America, looked at in a specific way from people who are not Christian. And I think people are a little bit more bold as to how they talk about it and say, and so we really need to know what we believe and be able to respond uh, graciously and not defensive. Right. Um, And also not if we don't know to say, I don't know. But uh, I think we really just need to be prepared because we're just living in different times where um, a lot of people are asking questions um, and, and they have every right to ask questions and we get yeah. to be the people who answer them and help them that. Um, and so I think about that's the everyday of our life, right? That's, this is um, whether it's like in our homes, at workspaces, um, but then if we're Christians, for the most part, I would hope that we're part of Christian uh, church communities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I worked in churches before and I just... I feel like um, churches can improve in the area of teaching theology, yes. right? Um, yeah. So what would you say as like kind of the person around this um, is like, how can churches actually approach teaching theology better or improve it or however it would look like for you? Well, I think as much as I love the word theology and it's all over everything that I produce, I think that because the word is still a bit intimidating to people. You may have to, churches may have to be creative in how they present what they're teaching to show their congregations that this is literally essential to their existence. Like, I think a lot of Christians are still in America are still coming to church and they're like, that was an encouraging sermon. I'm connecting. I'm being held accountable, you know, with these other people. Yay. Hooray. I'm going back to my normal life, you know? And I I just think that you can't get enough theology to really go deep and have what it takes in 30 minutes once a week. And obviously we hope they're reading their Bibles and studying their Bibles, but even then they're going to have questions that need answering and one pastor can't answer all those questions. So you, what really, this, without going into a whole different, podcast episode, what really has to happen is a cultural overhaul of discipleship in the church, where you have people who are further along in their faith, discipling the ones that are weaker and younger in the faith in the church. You know, we're always looking outside the church, like we need to reach more people. And that's true, but that would happen if the people in the church were discipled appropriately. 
and we're all strong. You're, you know, you're ascending church, you're equipping, 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 sending, and then you're bringing people in. So the, the issue then is how do you help your congregants to understand the need for theology? I, I have direct experience with this in my own city where Christians are like, ah, that sounds boring, <laughs> you know? Um, so my thought is you have to phrase it or, you know, your study or your gathering or whatever you choose to do, you have to almost phrase it as like equipping you for conversations, equipping you to, um, overcome sin. Can I really overcome sin? Because that right there is a huge witness to the people around us that the look at the Christians, they're actually holy, (laughs) you know, where it's like, wow, they actually practice what they preach. That will set us apart in today's Christian culture and our cultural time. Um, and I just read an article yesterday by Timothy Paul Jones, who is a great scholar. And he said that we are all apologists now. And apologetics, as you said, it's a subset of systematic theology. It's a subset of our theology. Our defense of the faith can only happen if we know what we believe. And so in our churches, I would just encourage pastors, leaders, women's ministers to slowly or however you need to do it, usher people into understanding the seriousness of their faith, the absolute necessity of being able to share it and being asked, commanded actually to share it by Jesus and then equip them to do it. And I don't have all the answers on exactly how, but, um, I have a great Bible study to help. Yes. <laughs> oh, we, all, all those, all the resources, all the books, you literally have them. I love that. Hey y'all, we are not at the end of the episode, so make sure you stick around for more. But I wanted to just take a second here to invite you to the Sowers Summit this summer in New York City, June 29th to July 1st. This is a women's conference like no other. We have intentional speakers from diverse backgrounds, not just race, but gender, educational background, theological background, experiences, and we have multilingual worship, multi-ethnic worship. We're going to have Selah meditations. We're going to have so many different things in order for you to continue to grow and to be the sower of God's word that he has called you to be. If you are feeling that you are in bondage or perhaps you're wanting to just want to grow in your faith or just be around Christians and women of God, this is the place for you. Plus, you get to come to New York City, which is the capital of the world. So much to do, especially in the summer. So make sure you get your tickets because the pre-sale tickets end February 28th and then the ticket is going to go up $30. So make sure you check out the link in our show notes for that. All right, let's continue with the episode. I think it's so important because you mentioned discipleship, right? And then, you know, in the communities that I've been a part of and seeing, it's just, it can be very leadership centered and really have, and like, I get, I think we can definitely, um, there's use for that, but discipleship is so essential um, because of what you're saying, you know, it can just, it can be a thing where we're just, um, we're kind of like feeding baby believers for a long time like I have my son Moses and he's eight and I'm still giving him like puree you know like it just it becomes that and and the thing is sometimes it's it's not only the church's responsibility right because I think sometimes I've talked to people where they're like oh I'm leaving a church because I'm not being fed and I'm like um I mean you know you can eat you you can eat yourself you know your house like it's just kind of like that um, idea is that like churches, this is what church is supposed to do. Um, 
and that and portion of it yes but let's not rely fully on that but there the churches can take some sort of responsibility in the area um of discipleship and yeah that that meaning not only be re- relying on the pastors or the people preaching on sundays right but across the board the leaders the ministry leaders the people in the church um like you said that are farther along um in that and and speaking of that i think we talked about this right before getting on the call just like how i feel like we're in a space where like People listening, some people listening that are maybe are mature Christians are like, well, I already know theology. Um, yeah. This is just a cool episode to listen to, right? <laughs> and then there's people who are new believers who are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Um, so I feel like theology looks different for people in different stages, um, right? Even like, I love how you talk about um, uh, raising disciples, right? Like you're, you're teaching your children theology. You're probably just maybe not even saying the word yet because maybe they're like, what's that word? to like Ivan, like who's like not, not talking much yet, but in I think theology applies to us in different stages of our life, um, yes. but especially not just our age, but our Christian life, right? So whether we just came to Christ um, and this applies, I think sometimes people can be like, oh, I grew up in the church. You may still be a new believer because what you learned growing up, for me, at least that was the case. I didn't really learn a lot <laughs> growing up. So when I really came to Christ again at 23, I would consider myself a new believer, even though I grew up in the church. Um, and so what would you say is, what does theology look like for the new believer? And then what does theology or growing and learning theology look like for the more mature believer? I think for a new believer, theology really needs to be concentrated on the, the the basics, the core. We want them to understand the core doctrines of the faith. So um, you're made in the image of God, your purpose in the universe, the creative identity of God, the nature of God, the nature of sin, the fall. That right there is Genesis one through three. You've covered three theologies like right there. And then you actually get into two others, Christology and Soteriology, the nature of Christ and salvation in Genesis three as well, because that's where the Messiah is promised first messianic prophecy. So we want them to understand the basics. First of all, why did the world break? Why is it so bad? What happened? Why am I separated from God? Why do I even need a savior? Um, what has sin done to me and how do I get free from it? Then the nature of God, nature of Christ, the nature of salvation. And then after that, Holy spirit really emphasized How does the Holy Spirit equip me to walk in holiness? Because what I think what happens with a lot of young believers is we actually stop short with them on our theology of the Holy Spirit and we teach them everything else of the gospel. And then we, we stop and they're like, okay, I'm saved. And now it's all up to my willpower. (laughs) That's how I lived. And it was no fault of my parents necessarily, but like, I just assumed I, I like get the gospel and then it's all up to me, right? Like there was no understanding of how the Holy spirit equips me. So for young believers, I always, you know, give them that core basic of the gospel, the sin, the identity, who is God? Why do I need Christ? And then the Holy spirit and walking out the Christian life. He's the power of the Christian life. But for more seasoned believers who are studying theology, they might understand all of that, right? In theory. Um, And the question I always have for them is, you understand it here, but you understand it here. So really it's the same as for the new believer. You can have it all intellectually, but you don't have it intimately. So for them, I would encourage, you know, making sure they continue to grow and understanding the various branches of theology, but I would almost want them more pressing into the spiritual disciplines. 
so that they're taking what's in the head and they're bringing it down to the heart. Yeah, that is so good. I, you know, when I was thinking about um, the conference I'm hosting this year, Sower Summit, I was thinking about that scripture of like being hearers of the word um, and not doers of it. And and when I thought of it, I thought of both. I've thought of both groups because we both in both buckets have to we're hearing the word we're hearing it and it, but it's just ending up in different places in our body and in our in our identity right and for the in the especially for the mature believer like you said it's just ending up so much in our head and in our brain that we end up like there will be in a circumstance and I talk to a lot of friends about this of just like being so far along in their faith and be they'll be in a circumstance that really they're in bondage right but because they're just seeing the circumstance so intellectually um they kind of put God in a formula they're like okay well if I do this 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 spiritual practice all this stuff this will be the result first of all God is not like that <laughs> and second of all you also have to see like see beyond your mind like see what actually spiritually is happening really make room for the holy spirit to communicate to you what's happening and what actually are the chains that are holding you right um but it it, it really is such a process for both both groups of people um and both need it and i think that's just an important um thing that i really want to communicate in this episode because like i said like there'll be different people hearing this and some people will be like this isn't apply to me or this and I'm like it really it really all does it really applies to a believer um, that's 16 any age um, in any stage in any circumstance because theology matters at all times right in our lives Um, and so I think really being able to take that seriously right take it seriously um, and humble ourselves to acknowledge that like yeah it's it's for me it's kind of like in that room where it's like you're trying to talk to like one person but to not make them feel like they're being talked to you talk to everyone it's for you it's for you I'm talking to you (laughs) we're talking to you (laughs) um so what would you say is the last question where can people go to learn and grow in the area of Christian theology um so please obviously share your resources um but yeah if you have any other places that people can go as well yes so obviously, yes, you know, that's why I do what I do. So every woman, a theologian.com has links to my new book podcast, Verity podcast, where I talk about these issues in depth. Um, my Instagram is Felicia Masonheimer and our shop is every woman, a theologian, both on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook. So I, I share different content on each platform, but it's all geared toward helping people know what they believe, why they believe it and how to communicate it graciously. So it's theology and apologetics, really, because I think you can't really separate the two. But beyond what we produce, there's a lot of great free content online that can help with this. Um, For studying the Bible and biblical literacy, Blue Letter Bible is great. Um, I love um, David Guzik's free commentary on the Bible. That's awesome. Enduring Word. Got Questions has a ton of answers to theological questions. Now, obviously, each of these writers has their own particular bias, but they are united on those core doctrines. And listening to them or reading their material can really help with getting some answers to those tougher issues that we read about in the Bible. Because my goal, my heart would be that everyone would be in the Bible itself first, right? And I know that's your heart too. Um, But as you're reading, you're going to probably have questions, which is good. And then resources like what we do at Every Woman a Theologian and these other writers and commentators um, are very helpful for processing through those ideas. I love that. I I think um so I think it was got questions in 2000 maybe like 15 or 16. That's like the only thing I would go to. I'm like got questions, got questions, and then 
I arrived to like the place that <laughs> God questions is not the only resource. Um, but that was actually in looking in retrospect, it was actually kind of dangerous that I only used that resource. Not to say that they are a bad resource, but you know, we need to look at different resources, right? Because again, people have different theologies and different right. interpretations, right? And right. so I, I think, I yeah, I don't think I know who even is answering the questions on God questions yeah. and what their theology is. Um, but I think I got to a point of one question that I asked and I, and I was like, oh, that's a weird response. And then I just decided to look for it somewhere else, right? Um, and, and it's because I just like got like a feeling that like this is this is different <laughs> than like maybe I think um, or I agree with. Um, and so it is so important that we look at different resources and there are so many out there free for some, not free um, in some circumstances and situations. Um, even just like as we look at the Bible, not just be committed to one commentary, not just be committed to one um, translation, right? Like we really get to look um, the Bible and all the resources that exist there as a gift of resources for us. Um, now the final plug, obviously we need to talk about your book. So please tell us about your book. I already talked about it a little bit in the intro, but you're, you could talk about it better than I went. So please oh, tell us about your book. I appreciate that. So um, my newest book is Every Woman a Theologian. So just like our organization, um, we got to name the book for the organization, which is so exciting because it sums up everything that we've been trying to do at Every Woman a Theologian. The tagline is know what you believe, live it confidently, communicate it graciously, because that's the goal is to know it, to live it, and then to share it. That's what we want to see. We want disciples who make disciples. And the best way for that to happen is to begin your own journey, right? And so that's what this book is. This book literally takes you from, you know, Genesis one and understanding who you are and why theology matters all the way to revelation where you know, all things are made new and made right. And then at the very end, I talk about, okay, how do we live this out? Like, how do we actually walk this out? And we talk about the tiers of doctrine and the core doctrine and then the freedom issues and things like that. So I tried to write it in a really approachable way. It's a lot of information, but it's going to be at least a little easier to access than the academic works. And, and that was my hope. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. And that's coming out this month. This episode is coming out in February. So this month, y'all, pre-order stop playing um on amazon or wherever else the saints can find the book um but i'm just so grateful for you felicia i think the world is blessed uh for your words and for your ministry and for your team which is incredible i really just seeing in verity like seeing your team work i'm like okay 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 ewat <laughs> they're amazing people and the best part of of every woman, a theologian, I think is that there are actually a variety of theological perspectives on mm. our staff and we all work together for the goal of the gospel and the glory mm. of God. And that is I, a huge blessing. I love that. I love that. And I'm so thankful for you. I know people are going to be blessed by this conversation. Um, and I think, yeah, hopefully people can just take away more than anything that theology matters, that we get to live it in our everyday life, um, no matter what stage of Christianity that we're in, um, and that we get to respond to it, not like a trend, but like that literally this is our everyday life. Um, and we get to give glory to God through it um, by learning more and growing more and doing all the things. So thank you so much. Thank you. Don't go just yet. If you haven't gotten your Sower Summit ticket, go, go get it, girl. Seriously, if you really want to take theology seriously, you want to take your faith growing seriously, this is the conference to do it. So make sure you check out all the information on the website, SowerSummit.com. You can get that direct link in our show notes. 
Y'all, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply something you either learned or heard to your continued growth on your faith journey. I invite you to study more on the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a rate or review and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Meet us next time for another episode. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram following at PD or at we.r.fool to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.